0: Is Danielle Vogel, and you're listening to Everyday Enviro on Full Service Radio, a show about the little things you can do to minimize your personal carbon footprint. This show is all about empowering you to take control of the pace of environmental progress you're making just by being a little bit more mindful about the way you eat, drink, shop, and think. This isn't hard stuff, but we'll show you just how easy it can be when you know exactly which small things really do matter. If fighting climate change is something that's important to you or possibly just something you're curious to learn more about please consider subscribing to everyday enviro wherever you get your podcasts today i'm joined by elizabeth landau the director of public affairs at the american geophysical union aka agu in dupont circle liz welcome
1: hey thanks so much for having me on
0: uh, thrilled to have you and super excited to learn more about the renovation you guys have been doing so As some of you know, AGU is completing a major renovation on their building in DuPont Circle for the purpose of achieving net zero energy status, which is a huge deal. Let's start from the beginning, Liz. What is a net zero energy building? Sure.
1: Um, So for AGU, what we're striving to achieve with our building is to have a building that um, does not use any more energy than we create. So we're essentially net zero in our energy use. Um, So we're doing that through a variety of sources. Um, Reduction of energy use, uh, reclamation of resources, and uh, also generating some of our own energy. That's so cool. We're gonna deep dive into each and every element of those systems. Great. Um, But why was it important to AGU that you guys build a Net Zero headquarters? Sure. Uh, Well, AGU, um, as some people may know, is an Earth and Space Science Society. So our members are all scientists. We have over 60,000 of them worldwide. And a lot of the scientists who are studying climate change right now are our membership. And so they were really interested in doing something that is going to walk the walk Mm -hmm. in terms of the research that they're doing um, because they deal every single day looking at the numbers and the data and realizing uh, the climate change that is happening right now and what's going to be happening in the future. And they wanted to help make a difference. So they're trying to actually
0: do something about climate change. That's right. And they were willing to make a pretty darn big investment in making sure that was true that's very admirable thank you um at Glens, we call that making progress one bite at a time there you go see something do something All right, so to achieve net-zero status, AGU integrated several cutting-edge energy-saving strategies into the renovation. And we're going to talk through each of them to give our listeners a sense of, frankly, just how cool this project is. So let's start uh, at the top, solar PV array. Tell us about the solar
1: PV array, what it is, how it works, why you did it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our solar PV array um, is a large number of solar panels that are going on top of our building. Um, for those who don't know, we're located um, in DuPont Circle, right next door to Glen's Garden Market. And we have a not a very large footprint um, of our building. And so we tried to maximize the amount of space that we could use um, to put up the solar PV array, which is actually going to generate energy for us. and help us ensure that we can reach net zero because we do obviously have to use some energy. And so the more we can generate on site, uh, the better off we're going to be in reaching that uh, goal.
0: For sure. And apologies to listeners uh, who might not be familiar with this terminology. So solar PV stands for solar, solar photovoltaic. So these are the solar panels you're used to seeing. Exactly. Um,
1: yeah. And ha- what percentage of your power do you think you'll be able to produce on site? Um, it's going to be a large percentage of our power. Um, we're, we're hoping. That in the summertime, we're going to be generating much more than we're using and sending it back to the grid. And then in the winter, we'll probably be drawing from the grid a little bit. Um, But during that summertime, we'll actually be able to generate more than we need to run the building, which is really exciting. So it nets out over time. Exactly. Very cool. All right. So next element, the hi-fi wall. What the heck is that? Uh, Yeah. So the hi-fi wall is the hydroponic remediation wall. Um, Hi-fi sounds like a little snappier. Yeah, it really does. (laughs) And um, essentially, these are really cool walls that we have throughout the building. And uh, we have tropical plants that are built into the wall. Um, But unlike a typical green wall that you might see that's there for aesthetics and maybe a little bit of air cleaning, um, ours uh, don't have uh, a a substrate soil or anything in the background. Um, What they have is water that's going to be actively running through the roots of the plants. And what that does is it allows the roots of those plants to act like the nose hairs of the building. And so it's going to be cleaning the air. And having this kind of cleaning, um, as opposed to a house plant you might have potted, um, is actually 200 to 300 times more effective in cleaning the air. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is really going to help us out to make sure that uh, we don't need to be running forced air through the building, um, which is also a huge energy savings because running forced forced air through a building to clean it um, can be up to 30% of a building's energy use. Um, So it's an incredible savings for us to have this passive air cleaning technology. And it's also just good for all the people who are in the building. Oh, yeah, clean air bringing green space inside. Yeah. Um, So for those of you listening, Hi
0: Phi is spelled H Y P H Y. Yes. I love (laughs) it. All right, cool. So it's sort of taking the place of any kind of you know, imposed air filtration systems that you would need to install mm-hmm. at a savings of 30% energy consumption. Right. Like that math.
1: Okay. Next, moving on radiant cooling. Yes. Um, so kind of like, uh, if you've heard of heated flooring where there's sort of warm air circulating, excuse me, warm water circulating in pipes underneath the floor, mm-hmm. it's kind of the exact opposite of that. So there's cold water circulating in pipes, um, in the ceiling. And what this does, it's a very low energy way to uh, cool a building. And when you have the, the ceiling with this uh, cold water running through it, there's a temperature difference between the ceiling and the air or the people who are around it. And so basically the heat from your body will uh, leave and go towards that colder area. Hot air that's rises. Exactly. That's, that's what happens. And then um, the temperature difference, that water will warm up and then we'll move away and we'll take that heat away. So essentially, it's a very passive, low-energy way to cool a building uh, and to cool you specifically in the building because your heat is being taken away. And we don't have to force that air throughout the building. And you also don't have that that terrible thing in the winter when the air becomes so incredibly dry inside a building uh, because we're not dealing with that forced air issue.
0: This is so cool. All right. So we've got water,
1: like... Absorbing heat and scurrying it off to other places. We've
0: got plants absorbing dirty air and filtering it. And all of these things have energy savings implications for the building. Yeah. So smart. Um, All right. So now this one has words that even I don't necessarily know. Water reclamation cistern. First of all, what is a cistern? Uh,
1: It is a big vat. A big vat. All right. Water reclamation cistern. Tell us about it. Um, So we are... Trying to uh, also be pretty green with our water use mm-hmm. in the building, um, in addition to just being net zero energy, we toyed with the idea of being net zero water as well, um, but the systems would have been just too much. Um, the technology wasn't quite there for us, and the cost was a little prohibitive. So, um, but we are doing some work with um, gray water, uh, which, if you don't know the term, is you know water that that maybe isn't clean enough to drink, but can be used for other purposes. Irrigation. So, yeah, toilets. exactly. Exactly. So uh, we are collecting rainwater from our roof. Um, it's being filtered and treated on site. And we are using it for our irrigation. We're using it to flush our toilets. Um, And so that's going to be a big water savings for us as well. How big is this vat? It's enormous. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it it is the size of uh, a couple of suvs stacked up on top of each other I would very say. cool all right so it's the world's biggest rain barrel
0: yeah it is an enormous rain barrel all right that's awesome um all right the next of
1: six systems number five is the direct current power grid can you tell us about yeah. that this is super cool um so generally when you're moving electricity from one place to another you use ac or alternating current and that's because it travels long distances really well you don't lose a ton of the energy in that. Um, however, a lot of the devices that we actually use are DC or direct current. So it's like your laptops, LED lights, that kind of thing all use direct current power. So basically, when we're getting electricity from you a know, far off power plant, it's being brought over in an AC and then converted to DC to use in your um, you know laptop or whatever it might be. And you're losing um, about 20% of the energy just from moving the energy and converting the energy. Something over which you have absolutely no control. Because it's coming in AC and you need it to be direct. Exactly. So what we're doing with our solar array system on top of a roof is we're bringing that in as direct current technology. And because it only needs to go inside the building, it doesn't have to go long distances, we're just keeping it direct current straight to our workstations. And so that's the 20% savings that we get there. And it's also a brand new technology, something that hasn't been done before. um, And it's really cool to see it in action, Um, something cutting edge that hopefully can become more mainstream in the future and more and more people can use this kind of system. That's awesome. So you've almost built your own sort of closed circuit smart grid. Yeah, exactly.
0: You guys are on it. This is, I hope you listeners are enjoying this as much as I am. All right. The sixth system, the riveting conclusion of the system oh, talk, yes. um, sewer heat exchange. This is the coolest thing it we're is, doing.
1: I agree. I agree. Tell <laughs> everyone. I love this. Um, so if you're familiar with uh, geothermal energy, it, it works in a very similar way. Um, we're using basically a heat differential um, from one system to another to uh, you know, get, get heat or cooling. Um, So essentially, rather than tapping into uh, natural heat in the earth, we are tapping into the sewer system in Washington, D.C. There is a 150-year-old sewer main that runs down Florida Avenue, and we (laughs) broke a hole into the top of it. This thing is so old it was made of bricks, if you can imagine a sewer made of bricks. And uh, we tapped in, and now essentially what we have is uh, some of the sewer water comes right into our building um, there's a, a an intense filtering system yeah, as one would have, yeah
0: <laughs> and
1: uh, once it comes inside it runs through a certain set of pipes um, and then there's a secondary set of pipes um, within this same um, system it's a, it's a heat exchange system and so we have a uh, cold water from the building that's Clean running through the one set of pipes, and what happens is the heat from all of that sewer water will transfer over to the cold water, the clean water, and then as that warms up, it starts moving throughout our building and is used to help heat our building. And you know, during the winter, during the summer, when the heat differential is different, it can actually help us to heat or cool the building depending on what we need. So, basically, the sewage is throwing off heat because it's
0: actively composting, right? And you guys, the water that was cooling during the summer is now picking up the heat in the winter that is so yeah so. so it yeah. almost like bounces off each other yeah and transfers heat in the exchange exactly and everyone's contributing so if you know yeah, you thank using you for that <laughs> glenn's garden market
1: you know think of us when you flush you're helping us out <laughs>
0: All right. So just a quick review. There are six uh, primary systems that AGU has put into place to ensure that their renovation yields a net zero energy building. They are the inst- installation of a solar PV array on the rooftop, hi-fi walls throughout the buildings. These are these beautiful green walls that are air filtration systems. They're using radiant cooling, a water reclamation system. Direct. They've built a direct current power grid. And they've innovated this incredibly cool sewer
1: heat exchange system. So of those six, Liz, which is your favorite? What gets you most excited? Oh, it's definitely the sewer heat exchange. <laughs> it's it's just so cool to think that we're getting all the heat and cooling that we need from everyone going to the bathroom every day. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. I
0: mean, but that's like sort of the ultimate... In- This is a hideous analogy, but low-hanging fruit, right? Mm -hmm. Because that heat was simply being lost, and now you guys are able to capitalize on the heat to warm your building and uh, minimize your energy consumption at the same time. It's utter genius.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. Are there any other innovations you guys have included that aren't on this list? Um, So one thing I'll mention is that... um, having all of our members be scientists, we're really focused on the data and information that we can get out of this building. And so one thing we're doing is to make all of the data on our building publicly available on the internet. So anyone could go log in and look at how we're using our energy and how those systems are working. Um, We're tracking it down to each individual workstation. So we're going to get a lot of information and we hope that, um, you know, once this data becomes available that people will help us find ways to be even more, uh, you know sustainable with what we're doing and and decrease our energy use even more
0: and also other people looking to start renovations maybe looking to that data to figure out which which elements are most impactful or perhaps most cost efficient
1: yeah absolutely really
0: cool love that thank you for being open source about it um, we lead by example, yeah? Yeah. Cool. So, we're talking with Elizabeth Landau of the American Geophysical Union about the very nearly complete renovation of AGU's headquarters in DuPont Circle. We're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we'll get some tips on how you can incorporate some of what they've learned in the process into your own construction projects. Back in a sec. Welcome back. This is Everyday Enviro, a show about the small things you can do to reduce your personal carbon footprint. I'm Danielle Vogel, founder of Garden Market, and I'm joined today by Elizabeth Landau of the American Geophysical Union, AGU. We've been talking about how AGU transformed their DuPont headquarters to become DC's first net zero commercial renovation. And now we're going to give you some tips about how you can apply some of the lessons they've learned. So, Liz, your renovation was Major, to say the least. If somebody has the ability to influence a renovation at maybe their home or their office, which of the energy saving strategies that you guys implemented in Dupont would you say are the most readily achievable elsewhere? Sure.
1: Um, so, if it's within your means to put up solar panels, that's always uh, you know a fantastic way. To generate some energy, it'll help reduce your costs over the long run. Um, A lot of the times there are tax breaks or other benefits um, to putting those up. So I think that's a great way to go. Um, Also, water reclamation can be a great, easy opportunity It can be as simple as putting a bucket out somewhere and using that to water your plants. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or it can be something more high level where you're really able to use that water for uh, larger purposes.
0: Yeah, that's smart, especially as our region becomes drier and drier with the impacts of climate change. Um, Saving that rain when we get it is probably a great idea. Absolutely, yeah. That's good advice. Thank you. And if you could possibly uh, this is uh, (laughs) if you could possibly rank the strategies you've implemented in dupont from sort of most to least achievable um without a total gut renovation how would you do so yeah
1: well i think you know obviously the uh Obviously, the, the PV array, having solar panels, is one of the easiest things just because the systems are set up for people to do that um, on a daily basis. Things like uh, radiant cooling, that's also a system that you could potentially purchase um, to put into your building. And that's something you could do without a gut test does renovation? Yeah, those panels are actually um, pretty simple to put in. Um, so you wouldn't have to do, obviously, you'd have to redo the ceiling, but other than that, that's kind of it. Um, something like a hi-fi wall, you, you couldn't get. I think the full system is easily in with the water. But you, the more that you can put greenery in your building, I think that is uh, something that's really going to help out at multiple levels, mm-hmm. both health wise, cleaning the air, um, all of that. And then more house plants. Twenty nineteen. Yes. <laughs> uh the sewer heat exchange system that's that's a big one you know that's not something that everyone can do um but i will say that uh pepco which is you know our our local uh system here they are looking at potentially making this more available in the future based on what we've been able to do through this you know first of its kind in the u.s renovation whoa this was the first of its kind in the u.s not just
0: regionally yeah
1: unbelievable yeah it's been done in germany but this is the first one here in the states and how is that permitting process like
0: sure dig up our over 100 year old weird concrete block system
1: (laughs) yeah it it was uh everyone's holding their breath and crossing their fingers Mm -hmm. the whole time that we were doing that but uh you know overall everyone's been really supportive um you know once we kind of got our initial plans accepted which took a lot of back and forth Mm uh once we got into it yeah yeah everyone's been really great helping us out make sure we can get that everything done
0: that's really cool that you've been able to lead by example and you know this behemoth pepco is taking your lead Agreed. That's awesome. So do you have any other tips for people who may be considering a renovation in order to achieve significant energy savings?
1: Yeah. um, Well, one of the first things that we did that might be useful in different scale is to go look at what other people are doing, go look at what systems are working elsewhere um, in other parts of the country or even other countries. Um, You know, you can do all this research right online. So it's super easy. Um, But we saw a ton of examples of a lot of the systems that we're now using and figured out what worked for us based on that research that we did about what other people are doing so where were you looking who are your energy savings heroes? yeah so there's a lot of amazing work being done out in the Seattle area um, there's there's an incredible um, Net zero demo building out there with a ton of new technologies so we looked at that one. Germany is doing incredible things. Um, Like I said, they've been using the sewer heat exchange system there. Um, That's where that was tested and proven. Um, So we've been looking there as well for a lot of our inspiration.
0: And then, as you mentioned, you're putting all of your data up on the Internet so people will be able to look to you as they're making those decisions for themselves. Yeah, we hope so. So uh, if people would like to take a closer look at what we're talking about, are you guys offering tours of the building to the public by any
1: chance? We sure are. Yeah, we have tours that are available um, Mondays from 12 to 3, Wednesdays from 11 to 1. And that's the time when anyone can just walk right into the EG building, oh, cool. ask for a tour. They're totally open to the public. Um, we've hosted about 350 people already on tours since we moved back in in April, so over just a few months And then if you want to schedule a private tour, like you have a group that's coming in, and I think they would love to see this, um, you can email tours at agu.org. Very good. Set Can you up. hit us
0: up with those tour times one more
1: time? Yeah. Mondays uh, noon till 3 and Wednesdays 11 till 1. And the address? It's 2000 Florida Avenue Northwest in Washington, D.C. Cool. It's right at the corner of 20th and Florida. Across the street from,
0: well, it's sandwiched by Flywheel and Glens Garden Market yes. for data points. <laughs> All right. So finally, Liz, this is a show about minimizing our personal carbon footprint. What are some things you do
1: in your own life to reduce your environmental impact? Yeah. So, uh, number one is we chose to live in an urban location where we can walk pretty much everywhere. Very good. Um, That's not only enjoyable, but really cuts down on um, carbon pollution. And in addition, um, I do my best to have reusable everything. Mm -hmm. Got my reusable mug right here. Um, Supporting another woman-owned business, TCB, our favorite coffee bar in D.C. Yes, love it. Um, As much as possible, you know, if I cannot use that single-use plastic, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to avoid that. Certainly. Um, And then, you know, other than that, supporting the kind of businesses that are also walking the walk. Glen's Garden Market, obviously being one oh, of them. On. But. <laughs> 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 All right. So that's uh, three tips for our listeners.
0: Number one, um, if you can avoid traveling by car, please do that. Obviously, transportation emissions are not great for climate change. Um, number two, single-use plastics, the worst. Avoid them when necessary. The or Avoid them whenever possible. Um, we know reduce, reuse, and recycle, but start with refuse. Just don't take the plastic you don't need. And then shop your values. Choose companies that express your value set um, and spend your money as though you care about the things that you care about. Amazing. Yeah. Sounds like it to me. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Liz. I learned a ton and I'm feeling even more excited to check out the New Age headquarters in DuPont. Thanks so much, Danielle. We hope to see you there for tour real soon. I will be back. I was there before the demo started, and I can't wait to see the cistern that I've now learned so much about. Um, All right. So parting thought, guys, climate change is real. It's happening right now, and human activity is making it worse. Every little bit counts. Keep finding little ways to minimize your personal carbon footprint. It really matters, and it's urgently necessary. Thank you so much for being here today, Liz. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Everyday Enviro on full-service radio. If you like the show, please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And this is actually the last show of season two. So if you have ideas for next season, please shoot me an email if you'd like to come on. I'd love to have you talking about the ways you minimize your personal carbon footprint. You can reach me at glensmarket at gmail.com. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next season on Everyday Enviro. Talk then. Bye, friends.